0: So I have to say, now where else but church could you get to hear a story like that? Chariots and water being parted and, and just a wondrous story. There's a lot going on there, so we'll kind of crack that open today. So let's be in a spirit of prayer together. Let us pray. Oh God, this day, connect us to all the ways you have blessed us in the past and turn us towards tomorrow as well, God. Help us to be grateful for that which has been and excited for that which will be trusting that you are out ahead of us. Open our minds and open our hearts. Amen. And so again, from that text that Peter read, As Pharaoh drew near, the Israelites looked back and there were the Egyptians advancing on them. In great fear, the Israelites cried out to the Lord. They said to Moses, What have you done to us? bringing us out of Egypt. Lately, I've been telling just about anyone who will listen what has probably been the greatest blessing of my life in the last year, a most graceful gift, what I am so thankful to God for. I get to officiate at the weddings of my three nieces, Kara, Emily, and Caroline. Kara, a year ago, lasted in New Hampshire Emily this past July in a central Massachusetts summer meadow, and Caroline just a week ago, last Friday, at Boston's Arnold Arboretum. I got to stand with them, as they said I do, to three good men. I got to cry tears of joy when I saw each of these amazing young women, whom I've watched grow up, turn the corner towards their new lives, escorted by their fathers, who are also crying, radiant, and also happy and ready to begin this new chapter. I got to give them a gift unlike any other. But I'll admit, too, that even as I helped them each to tie the knot to make lifelong covenant promises to the ones they love, I already miss them in a way. I miss them. I miss the past I shared with them, I miss when they were babies and I held them in my arms and felt the rise and fall of their little lungs as they breathed in and out. I missed reading books to them just before they went to bed, Curious George and Goodnight Moon. I missed taking the three of them on special Uncle John road trips when they were teenagers to New York City and Montreal and Colonial Williamsburg, watching them bond as cousins for the very first time. And I know I will miss seeing them next month at Thanksgiving, when they will all be breaking bread with their brand new in-laws. So, you know, a nostalgic part of me wants all of that time back somehow. Time that is gone. Time that was but will never be again. I long for those days, even as I know I can't return to them. Have you ever felt like that? maybe about your own children, nostalgic, sentimentally longing for a time that once was but cannot ever be again. Longing for it so fully that maybe you want the present to be just like the past. Longing for life to be as it once was. That's a very human response to this life, especially as we get older, as the days behind us increase and the days before us decrease. As the world we find ourselves living within changes, and sometimes so darn fast, and it may not feel so familiar to us anymore. Those were the days we remember. Now, sometimes when we do that, it's not such a big deal. It's nothing more than a trip down memory lane. The fact that I'd like to listen to 1970s funk and disco music like Earth, Wind, and Fire when I am driving in my car, or that I love the Netflix show Stranger Things. Does anyone watch that show here? Because it takes me back to the 1980s, that kind of nostalgia is fun, benign. But sometimes, if I am not careful, nostalgia can play tricks with my remembrance of days past. It can make me imagine that they were much better than they actually were. Yesterday, I was at a church conference, and I saw someone from my ministry days in Connecticut 30 years ago. And at first, I reminisced with her about how much I loved my time in that first job out of grad school and how it was so wonderful. And then I really remembered and recalled, and, well, actually, the truth is, is that by the time that first call ended in 1994, after five years, I wanted to move on. I was restless. I liked my boss, but I often chafed under his authority. I loved being a youth pastor, but I worried that no one took me seriously. I enjoyed where I lived, but I was often lonely, and I just wanted to get back to Boston. And so, given that choice today, I am happy I did that. I would not do that again. And that's pretty human, to romanticize the past and to edit out the bad stuff and only remember the good stuff. I've been thinking a lot about that quality of nostalgia lately in my own life as I approach my 59th birthday, and I'm so tempted to pine for my youth as my body creaks and my hair falls out, and some things that I really love, like print newspapers, they are slowly beginning to go away. I've been thinking a lot about nostalgia and what it can do to a country If a large number of its citizens and leaders are convinced that the only way to move forward as a nation is to actually go backwards, to return to some imagined golden age that never really was, and to condemn the present as not so good, not at all. I've been thinking a lot about nostalgia, as our church, as all churches and houses of worship, struggle to figure out how to do this thing called church in an increasingly post-church world. And we ache as we remember Sabbaths when the sanctuary was seemingly always so full and the church was overrun with so many kids because Sunday morning had nothing else going on, right? And we remember and believe that it was somehow easier to do church. Sometimes we look back and friends, we just wanna go back. We wanna go back to turn around to put life into reverse. And I get that. That's what the Israelites and Moses faced in today's scripture. Israel and its people had been enslaved in Egypt, had lived under the bloody lash of slavery. And so God raised up a young leader and prophet, Moses, who through strength and courage, finally convinced Pharaoh to let his people go, God's people to go. After years of struggle, they are going. They are finally leaving. They are moving on to their new tomorrows, but Pharaoh, he wakes up to this loss and he organizes his army and he goes out to bring them back to enslave them again. And as Israel flees and they hear the violent sounds of thundering chariots and the bloodthirsty soldiers in hot pursuit, Israel does the most human of things. They turn to Moses and plea and beg and complain, what have you done to us? There's actually a joke. Did you pick up on the scripture? They said, um... Weren't the graves back in Egypt good enough for us that we have to go to another place? Why are we running away? At least in Egypt, we had food and places to sleep, and life was pretty good. Let's go back. Let's go back. Even though God says, I'm with you, and God promises that they will get to the land of milk and honey, even with this promise, Israel looks to a past that never really was. And wants nothing more than to go back. As one rabbi wrote in his commentary on this text, after months or years following the end of 400 years of slavery, oppression, and pain in Egypt, after the exodus of 650,000 Israelites into freedom, crossing the Sea of Reeds, being led to a land of milk and honey by a pillar of fire, can you imagine a group of people screaming, It was better in Egypt? Can you imagine what Moses must have thought hearing his people saying basically that Moses was not their leader, but that he had stolen them away from an imagined, wonderful life? I can imagine that. That's what we humans often do when we fear a future that is not yet clear, when life is ambiguous and we are not sure what is to come, when we are living in a transition time of life, when a big shift in world history is underway, as I believe we are living in right now, when the last kid leaves the house and we have an empty nest, or we retire and wonder what we will do next, when our country is in political and social tumult and upheaval and the days ahead seem so, so far away, what do we want to do? We want to turn back. We want to look back, we want to go back. But friends, and I believe this with all my heart, that is not where God is then. We do not worship a God that was, a God of nostalgia, a God of the good old days. We worship a God who is dynamic, who is alive, who is out in front of us on our life's journey, who is leading us forward, yes, asking us to be grateful for that which has been, but also asking us to be excited about what is to come in all of our tomorrows. We live in time, time that cannot be stopped or reversed, but instead time that constantly moves ahead, time that is non-negotiable, And so, dare we see this time as a friend, as a gift from God? You know, I may want to keep Caroline and Emily and Kara in perpetual childhood so I can baby them, and yet, I really want to know them now, as they grow up into their lives, and they have children of their own, and they discover their careers and callings, and their generation figures out how to live in this world And how to save this world. I hope, I so hope, that as a church, we can stand on our history in pride and thanksgiving, that next year, when we will celebrate 400 years of the pilgrims in Massachusetts, that we can be just as excited and ready for the pilgrim journey that God is calling us to now, in this time and place, to be new pilgrims in this new world, to move ahead with faith and not fear To cherish memories that inspire us, but not nostalgia that at its worst can push us backwards to a time that cannot be again. Those were the days, but friends, these are the days too. These days. Breathtaking, God-blessed days of change and days of challenge and days called tomorrow that will sometimes be hard and days that will be amazing and days that will always matter because our God goes with us every single step of the way. We can look back absolutely, but I pray as God's people, as a nation, as a world, we will not go back. That's not where life is. That's not where God is. And that's not where we are asked to go. So may we always, always keep our eyes on God stay together, and move ahead. I'm ready to go. I'm scared, and I think that's good. But we have each other, and we have our faithful God. Onward. Onward. Let all... oh, sorry, I was so ready to go onward, I forgot I had to do the prayers.